This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I reflected on things, you know, I said, I did a post 28 things I learned before I turned 28. And some of these things have really been sticking with me. And I don't know if you guys saw the post or not, but in case you didn't, I want to share one that has really stuck out. And it's something that I, you know, I, since I wrote it down, I keep catching myself saying it to other people. And trust me, I'm not taking credit for this phrase, for this concept. Um, I am not the inventor of it. So just putting that out there, that's obvious. But in case anyone was concerned that I'm saying this is mine, it's not. Um, this has really been, I think, impacting me and, and something that I've wanted to, you know, share. And it's what somebody says about you says more about them. And I think that relates to every aspect of our lives, our, you know, our friendships, our romantic relationships, our careers, like people we work with and people who see us on the internet, people who don't even know us, people who went on one date with us or saw us on a dating app and made a snap judgment. What somebody says about you says more about them. And I think it goes the same way with, you know, the opposite. What somebody doesn't say says more about them. And that's something I I think keeps coming up into play with people getting ghosted. It's like, it is fucking wild to me that I still have to make content about ghosting. I still have to talk about ghosting. Like we all know at this point that ghosting sucks and that we don't like to be ghosted and we want to abolish and ban and rid the world of ghosting in the dating world forever. But people are still getting ghosted. People are still ghosting. And I have a lot of you coming to me lately saying like, how do I not take this personally? Like, how do I move on from somebody who ghosted me because there's no closure and I don't know what I did wrong. And I think what I, you know, always had to remind myself and what I continuously have been reminding you guys is two things. One, them ghosting says everything about them and nothing about you. It does not say you did something wrong. It doesn't say there's something you shouldn't have said or something you should have said or something you could have done better or could have done differently. No, it says that they literally don't have it in them to do the right thing and communicate and let you know with 
it takes 10 seconds to write this text or it takes five seconds to copy and paste it from their notes app that they're glad they met you, but they're not interested in pursuing a romantic relationship any further. That's all, that's all it takes. So them not being able to send that text and do the decent, kind, human thing says everything about them. It does not say anything about you. It does not say that you're not worthy of love. It does not say that every other person you go on a date with is going to ghost you. It does not say that you did something wrong or something is wrong with you. No, it says that this person could not communicate openly and honestly. Guess what that also says about this person? That also says that there's no world in which they would have been ready for a actual mature relationship. If they can't even communicate the bare minimum from the start, this is not somebody who you would have wanted to date. And you deserve so much more than that. So I just wanted to remind everyone on that I feel like there's such something in the air, like something so bad in the air with dating right now. And I've been hearing it from my friends. I've been hearing it from you guys. And I really feel for you. And I wish I had a magic wand and could change it and could make it better. Um, but please just try and remember that you're all like worthy of love. You're all worthy of having the romantic relationships that you want. And you're all doing the best you can. And if you're not, that's okay. We all have our days where we can't do the best we can. But just keep trying and keep pushing through. All that being said, you guys, I have been absolutely loving all of the emotional support human sessions and the profile revamps that I've been doing. Like, it's so great that I literally like, I stopped freelancing and I cleared my schedule to be able to do these and you guys have shown up for them. And it is so awesome. I'm so enjoying connecting with you guys, hearing what's going on in your dating lives. Of course, everything we talk about there is confidential. So not going to give examples here, but if you guys don't know emotional support human sessions, anytime you have a dating question, um, there's something going on in your dating life that you want my expert opinion on, or you know, you want an opinion that's not your friends, or you don't want to talk to your friends about it, or you really just need help and don't know what to do, um, or you just want to vent, or you know, you have specific questions about why you're not getting matches on your dating profile, or you know, what types of different dates you should be going on, whatever it is. I got you covered. Book an emotional support human session with me. Link is in the bio. Same thing with your dating app profile. If you think it needs a facelift, if you think it needs a makeover, if you think you're not attracting the right types of people and you're feeling really burnt out from the dating apps, maybe it is time for a profile refresh and revamp. You can book that below too. And of course, as always, you guys, I love you so much. I love this job. I love doing this. And if there's ever anything that I have said, either in an episode, uh, past or present or on the Instagram account in a video, in a tweet, in an AMA, if there's ever something I've said that has really helped you or really resonated with you, really gotten you through a tough time and you want to get back, you can always buy me a coffee. It's so simple. It's so easy. That link is also below and I appreciate it so much. Without further ado, today's episode is with Rabbi Manus Friedman. He is a world-renowned rabbi and very famous in the Orthodox community. And I know I'm not an Orthodox Jew. I know I'd say 99.9% .9 of you guys, maybe 100 are not Orthodox Jews either, but I love hearing different people's perspectives on love, on marriage, on romance. And this is such an interesting episode. And Rabbi Friedman has so many interesting insights and you know thoughts on dating. Some of them I don't agree with, and some of them I do push back on. And others, I kind of just hear what he's saying and sit with them because I really like learning about different cultures and you know why people date the way they date and why people, you know, are on different timelines in their culture and their religions, whatever it may be. I love learning these things. And so this is really an episode for us to learn and to, you know, maybe open our minds 
to different perspectives that we may not have thought of before. So uh, thank you, Rabbi Friedman, for coming on the show. And let's get into the episode. If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time, don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. All right, Rabbi Manis Friedman, it is such an honor to have you here. I have to start by asking, you know, of course, you wear so many hats as a rabbi. You have so much involvement in the community and in people's lives and and helping people navigate every aspect of their lives. But one thing you have done is you are a relationship coach. And so I'm curious what about relationships, you know, made you want to learn more about them and really help people through them. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about, and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women, and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year, and honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of how much it's helped me, and I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. 
I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one last thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP. S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. It's a long, long story, but it began about 54 years ago. Uh, when I realized that some of the fundamentals of Jewish tradition are not about religion, they're just about life. And without it, we're missing a chunk of life. And particularly when it came to marriage. Because without a little holiness, marriage is a disaster. (laughs) It is not a good idea. It's either godly or it's hell. (laughs) Like, it's not just a good idea. 
So we started talking about it. And then in 1971, we started this program called Beis Chana in Minnesota. And women from all over the world came for a crash course on Judaism. Mm -hmm. And it always ended up being a conversation about marriage, about relationships, getting into a marriage, getting out of a marriage, but that remained a constant. So speaking to 20,000 women about marriage, you learn something. You also learn what the tragedies are. So recently, I discovered this shocking little detail that happily married people suffer from loneliness. And that doesn't make any sense at all. How can you be alone in the world when you're married and, and happily married? So these people would tell me, either the man or the woman would say, I have no complaints. My marriage is great, perfectly happy, everything's, but you know, once in a while in a quiet moment, I feel alone in the world. And it's a terrible feeling. So I had to do a little deeper search. What's missing here? What is this? How can you be happily married and feel alone in the world? Because the one thing marriage is supposed to do is never leave you alone again. That didn't sound too good, but it never leaves you feeling alone again. Mm -hmm. So if you're happily married and feeling alone, there is some ingredient that is essential to marriage that just isn't there. And that is the intimacy. So functionally, it's a good marriage. No complaints. They get along, they communicate. All the things they tell you to do to improve your marriage is there. And it's not a marriage. They're alone. Alone. <clears throat> Which means that that bond, that intimacy is supposed to produce, never took. So once in a while, the couple will air their differences and complaints and so on, and then say, so do you think we should get divorced? And I'm thinking, maybe you should try getting married. Wow. Because you, you haven't gotten there yet. And part of it is what you mentioned earlier off, off, off the air. Do you really want to be a wife? If you're getting married, you really want to be a wife. What are you doing? You don't want to be a wife. You want to be a glamorous woman. Wives are not glamorous. You want to be a husband? Really? A husband? The biggest nerds in the world? No, you want to be a sophisticated, suave, charismatic male. You don't want to be a, a husband. So why are you bother getting married? Oh, oh, right. What is marriage? Forgot to ask that one. <laughs> why are you getting married? Yeah. <clears throat> this young couple come to me and they say, 
we're very much in love and we want to get married. Would you do the wedding? I said, you're in love? I said, yes. I said, well, then there's no purpose in getting married. What are you getting married for? For love? You already have it. So what is the marriage going to add? Well, it's going to be a commitment. What do you need a commitment for when you have love? You want to commit to staying married even if you don't love? You have no intentions of doing that. So what, what is the commitment? You promise to love each other forever? That's a ridiculous promise to make. You can't make such a promise. You don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. You can't promise to love. So what's marriage for? You see, when we don't have definitions, we get ourselves in trouble. So why are you dating? Why are you marrying? Why are men interested in women? Leave them alone. Why are women interested in men? Mind your own business. What, what are we doing? And where did this crazy notion that a man should marry a woman? Who came up with that? I have so many questions. <laughs> My mind is racing <laughs> and I want to so badly stick to like what I wanted to initially talk about, but now there are so many new things that I want to ask. You know, the, you know, the book men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh, no, but I think I need to read that. <laughs> Very popular book at the time. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. About a 300 page book. I'm not going to read it. Because after reading the title, there's no way you can make sense of this. Yeah. You're going to spend 300 pages telling you how a man can marry a woman? No. If you're from Mars and I'm from Venus, close the book and let's go home. There's no hope. You have a point there. So what is this marriage thing? Love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. No, they don't. Stop it. So why do people get married then? That's such a good question. Because, and, I, and I'm glad that, it, that we're talking about this because and I'm seeing this so much lately. I'm in my late 20s now. Every single weekend, I have another friend getting engaged or another wedding to go to. And it seems like it's all happening where, well, everyone else is doing it. So, every, so we need to be doing it too. And I do wonder with so many of these couples, and of course, I want that I want it to work. I want them to have a life filled with love and happiness and, and a marriage that is so strong and works, but some of it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, well, should they be getting married? I mean, who am I to say? But it seems like, especially in this time in our lives, people just think it's the thing to do. It is the thing to do. Question is why? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying marriage is wrong. I'm saying that if you don't know what it is, how do you expect to be good at it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why get married? <clears throat> so if you look in the Torah, where all our fundamental wisdom comes from, if you're looking for real bottom line wisdom, what does it say? It says, therefore, should a man 
leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and become one flesh. That's all you need to know. Marriage means become one. If you have no intentions of becoming one, don't get married. If you want to remain yourself, living side by side with another person, just pay part of the rent. Don't get married. So what does it mean to become one? Well, first of all, if you become one with another person, you're never alone. The other person will always be there. You're married. You're, you're joined at the hip. So that's what marriage is. Marriage is a reunion. That's, a, that's an important, uh, important detail there. It's not a union. It's a reunion, both of souls and bodies. It's a reunion of souls because every marriage engages two parts of a same soul, divided at birth into male and female, finding each other and reuniting. Mm -hmm. That's what we mean by soulmate. Soulmate doesn't mean someone who gets you excited. Soulmate means this is another part of your soul. So you were once one, and you want to go back to that oneness. So it's a reunion on the soul level. In the body level, male and female energies were never meant to be in separate bodies. A total human being, a complete human being, is both male and female. Because when God created Adam, it was male and female. Male and female, he created him. Then God separated them. Delicate operation. And it wasn't a rib. I don't know where that came from. I think that's the New Testament. It wasn't a rib. It was a side. Meaning, male and female in, in the body of the first human being were like two sides of a coin. One side was male, one side was female. They shared a spine. So the operation was to separate them, give each their own spine, and then heal it up. So even physically, male and female were once one, and should be one. The separation was not an improvement. Any separation is going the wrong direction. The whole purpose of the universe is to be universe, to find more union, more connection, more oneness. Any separation is going in the unholy direction. So it was not an improvement. It's not like Ah, we were once one body? Ooh, that's weird. Now that we're separated, we're normal. No. So right after separating the male and the female, God says, now get married and become one. Well, we were one. You separate us and now you want us to become one? What is the point of that? So here's where we get romantic. The man and the woman were one, inseparably one. 
Siamese twins, but back to back. They never saw each other. God said, that's a very intense oneness, not good enough. So he separates them and says, now become one, but face to face. That is so romantic. That's intimacy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When you are joined back-to-back, you're very much joined. It's a union but it's not intimate. It's not intimate. I don't even know what you look like. Face to face. That's intimate. Now, intimacy means the ability to get past all things and connect to someone. Put aside things and connect to someone. So, God says, therefore, should a man leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife and become one. Cleave to her, why? For what? With whom? Irrelevant. The point is, cleave to each other. Anything that you value could get in the way of intimacy. If it's very important to you that your husband be tall, dark, and handsome, that could kill the relationship. Because you don't want him, you want tall, you want dark, and you want handsome. What about him? Well, if he's not tall, dark, and handsome, I don't need him. It should be the other way around. I need him. If he's tall, that's good. If he's dark, that's good. And if he's handsome, that's good. Because then I will have him. A man says to a woman, I want to marry you for your money. You have money, I like money, match made in heaven. Why is that offensive? It is. Why Why is that offensive? And I ask these women, groups groups of women, why is that offensive? And they say, well, what's going to happen when the money runs out? Is that your problem? (laughs) You don't have enough money for the guy you're marrying? It's offensive because if I say to you, I want to marry you for your money, I'm saying, I don't want you. Mm-hmm. I just want the money. But you're not going to give it to me, are you? No. You're going to demand marriage. So fine, I'll marry you. But I don't want you, I want the money. And that's why if the money runs out, no relationship. Right. It was always the money. It was never you. You without money is clutter. Get out of my life. Now, why, if I want to marry you for love, why is that any better? I don't want you. I want love. Just give me love. It'll be so nice. But no, you have to have opinions. You have to have personality. 
You have to have moods. I didn't marry you for that. Just the love. Stick to the love. No love? Get out of the house. I married the love. I didn't marry you. So why do we get married? Because we think we can't have the love without marriage? Well, it used to be you couldn't have the sex without marriage. So did you marry me or did you marry sex? It was, it was a serious problem. Yeah. What does it mean to marry someone? Not for money, not for love, not for looks, not for sex, not for family, you know, family of origin, for yichas. I'm going to marry into a rich family, a famous family. None of that. I just need someone, not some part of someone. Because parts are things. Intimacy is a non-thing. So if you ask your grandmother, what happens in the bedroom? Your grandmother says, nothing. You say, come on, tell me, I'm 48. I'm old enough. Tell me what goes on in the bedroom. Nothing. That's the right answer. A bedroom? What goes on? There's no what. There's just who. It's just them. So what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. They're going to be one. With nothing coming between them. In other words, intimacy means I don't need something to join me to you. I don't need money. I don't need looks. I don't need love. I don't need anything to justify cleaving to you. Because in order to not be alone, I have to have someone, not something. So if I have your money and I have your love and I have your family and I have your, I'm still alone with a bunch of things. So what does it mean to marry the person and not something about the person? Take away all the things, what's left to a person? If you ask that question, then you know what the real problem is. We can't get past things. We've become so materialistic. Take away things, there's nothing left. That's very sad. That is real materialism. It's like material or nothing. Everybody knows when your husband is out of town, you miss him. You miss him. Well, what about him do you miss? What do you mean? He is not here. I miss him. Okay, well, what do you miss about him? Question doesn't even make sense. I just told you I miss him. Oh, so you do know. You do know that there is a him besides all the things. But only when he's not there. <laughs> as soon as he walks in the doors, so take out the garbage. Intimacy means I don't need anything. But without you, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not me. So what do I need from you? No. Not from you. I need you. To do what? To be in my life. 
and do nothing. That way I won't be disappointed. <laughs> like, women, yeah. You have no distractions. <laughs> With all that said, how do you know what to look for or how to assess chemistry? The things that no one could tell you except you. But the main purpose is to check out the chemistry. You have to have good chemistry. But good chemistry doesn't mean sexually exciting, because that again is like generic. Good chemistry means how the man you're sitting with makes you feel about yourself. Non-verbally, not with his compliments, just in his presence, you feel comfortable being a woman. And in your presence, he feels comfortable being a man. That is good chemistry. So uh, how he makes you feel about yourself. If he makes you comfortable being you, wow, that's good chemistry. And it's not going to happen with every good looking guy. So that's what you're really looking for. Then in the good old traditional fashion, a man feeling comfortable with a woman means I can see myself taking care of her for the rest of my life and enjoying it. Oh, that makes me a husband, doesn't it? A woman is thinking, oh, this guy, I would trust him with my eyes closed, lean on him, follow him, support him. Isn't that what a wife is? <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. And not the other way around. If you're sitting with a guy and you're thinking, oh, he's so sweet, I'll take care of him for the rest of my life. You're not talking marriage, you're talking adoption. You want to adopt him like a puppy. But the woman in you is not going to be content. And if a guy is thinking, wow, she's amazing. I would follow her to the end of the world. Yeah, but she wants a husband, not a stray dog. So it's very basic very simple, very natural, no magic, no, no religious ceremonies. It's all real. Now, without God telling us to get married, we would never do it. What for? Any benefits you can get you can get without being married. Came as a shock. You know, you can have sex without being married. Never thought of that. You know, you can have children without being married. Came as a shock. Yes, you can have all the benefits, all the things without being married. So why are you getting married? <clears throat> the final clincher is why did God create us in the first place? 
Again, this is so romantic. It's God says it is not good to be alone. He's talking about himself. He's like saying, you know why I created you? Because it's not good to be alone. I have everything. I am God. I need nothing. I am missing nothing. But there's just me. And for some divine reason, that's not good enough. It's mysterious. What's not enough about being perfect? What more do you want? You're perfect. Yeah, but it's just me. So that's because you're so perfect. <laughs> See, perfection is kind of sterile. It's a dead end. Mm -hmm. Once you're perfect, you got no place to go. So what is good about being perfect? Nothing. It's awesome. It's impressive. Is it good? What's good about it? Goodness doesn't begin until there is someone else. Someone else. And in order to be someone else, you have to have free choice. Because if you don't have free choice, you're not someone else. You're just this clone. Mm -hmm. So you cannot marry your dog. Because a dog is just your shadow. Of course, he's going to love you. Of course, he's going to be loyal. Of course, he's going to follow you. But it's not because he can. He must. That's his instinct. So to marry someone means you have to marry someone who can love you, but can also hate you. So you can't marry a tree because the tree can't love you. And you can't marry a dog because the, the dog can't hate you. You have to marry a guy from Mars. Weird kind of creature who can either love you or hate you with, e with equal ease. That means he's not you. That means he's someone else. That's what you want in your life. Someone who is not you. But we don't want that. We just want the goodies that come with that someone, but we don't want the someone. We don't tolerate another opinion. We don't tolerate another mood. We don't tolerate another personality. Just the money, just the love, just the sex. What is you, I'm not interested in. Now, our grandparents, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, grandparents were married and divorce was unheard of. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, yeah, they were stuck with each other. Doesn't mean they were happy. They were happy with each other. They disagreed about everything. So they bickered for 80 years and would never think of getting divorced. 
because their differences were only about things. There was never a doubt that you should be in my life. But why do you have to be like your mother? <laughs> so we have the opposite. We love everything about the other. We just don't need the other. Right. That's where you end up feeling alone. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And I do see the reasoning behind, like you could still want to be with somebody and be married to them for who they are and, and for being like one with them, but then disagree on all these things. Um, so I guess my question is in terms of those disagreements, are there conversations you should have with somebody in those stages before getting married that would help determine first help make sure that like, okay, this is my soulmate. This is the person I should be with. And then also help set your relationship up for success. If you're not looking for something, which means you're not looking to make yourself more perfect, then you're available to the other. As long as you're thinking self-improvement, you're not available to others. So dating, it's interesting that dating has become like a trial marriage. It's way too intense. It's almost an alternative lifestyle. You can date all your life. Yeah. You're not going to be lonely. You're just going to be alone. You know the line from the piano man? They're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. Mm -hmm. You see, loneliness you can share. Two lonely people get together, they're not lonely. But then they go home and they realize they're not just lonely, they're alone and that you can't share. So if you spend your life dating one man, one woman, but you're just dating, you're not marrying, what's missing? And why is it that after living together for six or seven years, and then you decide to get married, the divorce rate among those people is greater than the divorce rate among people who did not live together. Why is that? Can I take a guess? Sure. Is it because you're hoping that in that time, there will be this like light bulb switch of like, oh, I should marry this person or like that answer would come to you? And you wait and you wait and you wait and it doesn't, but then you get married anyway because you think that's what you should do at that point. Like, might as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's numbing. Mm -hmm. But also, living together for eight years tells you nothing about intimacy. Then you get married and it's supposed to be about intimacy, but you're not good at that. You're just good at dating. And to make that switch after years of habit of being a good date, 
not likely to become a good husband or wife. Different talent, different part of the heart, different emotion, it's different. And that's why you never know what kind of a husband a man is going to be until he's a husband. Because before that, he was never a husband. And same with a wife. What if you become married, he becomes your husband and he's a horrible husband? Or you become a wife and you're a horrible wife? Why? I mean, obviously the answer is get divorced. But no, first you work on it. You try, you go for counseling, you go for help. Why? Because you know this is your soulmate. So you try whatever you can to make it livable. If it's not your soulmate and it turns out you don't like each other, well, what's the problem? Say goodbye and go home. The tragedy of divorce is that you married your soulmate and now you're divorcing your soulmate. Not just, oops, made a mistake. So dating is not a relationship. The person you're dating is a stranger. And as a stranger, you don't share intimate information with them. You don't tell someone you're dating things that even your mother doesn't know. You talk to a date the way you would talk to a stranger. Polite, respectful, non-committal. When you're dating, you are being completely and totally selfish. You're just checking him out to see if you approve. Pretty selfish. You shouldn't go there trying to make a good impression. Because what do you care what he thinks of you? He is nobody in your life. So if he doesn't want to marry you, that's perfectly okay. So to make it a little bit, a little over the top dramatic, dating is like window shopping. You have anything I could be interested in? No? Fine, I will move on to the next window. Nothing personal, nothing emotional, no breaking up, no heartbreak. There's no attachment. You went into a shoe store, you asked for a type of shoe and they don't have it in your size. Okay, bye. Now, once you find that this person really appeals to you and all the things we talked about before. Then you get married and you switch from selfish to selfless. So when you're dating, it's completely selfish. No need to apologize for that because that's what it's meant to be. If you have no intentions of getting married within five years or so, what do you do in the meantime? Well, in the meantime, you date. No, that's not called dating. That's called trial marriage. That's called practice run. And that should never happen. There are no trial, partial marriages, alternative marriages. 
If you're not intending to get married within five years, don't date. Don't. Yeah. You're just setting yourself and other people up to get hurt. Yes. And you gain nothing. You really don't. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not lonely. I can have other friends. So I think if we follow the rules, you have a good chance of winning the game. Of all of the dating and relationship advice that you've heard and that you've given, what do you think is like the number one piece of wisdom that you have? Don't get married until you're perfect. Because if you're not perfect, you're looking for something. And it's going to be a disaster. You get married when you don't need anything anymore. You don't want to hear about anything anymore. You just don't want to be by yourself. Like God. God was first perfect, then he created us. Of course, we're not going to be perfect like him, but you know what I mean. Yeah, perfect where you feel good about who you are, you feel confident about who you are and the life you've built, and you want someone to share it with. So if you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you are fascinated, don't get married. But if you look in the mirror and it's like, you again? I already know you. Time for a new face in the mirror. Now you're getting married. So marriage is not about you. It's about being bigger than you. When are you ready to be bigger than you? When you don't want anything anymore. We love that. Rabbi Friedman, thank you so much for being here. It has been an honor and this has been such an amazing conversation. I like I said in the beginning, like I have so many things that are now like just spinning through my brain. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to so many things that you said and, and so many ways that we can be setting ourselves up to experience less pain in our search for our soulmate and, and for the person that we do want to marry for the right reason. So thank you so much for being here. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked or anything that you're working on right now that you would like to share with everyone? The male and female identities. I'm sure you know that it's in crisis. It's in the ICU. It's in mortal danger. We need, we need to be healthy males and healthy females. Otherwise look what happens. So if you want to pursue that topic, people can go online it's good to know.org and uh, look for dating advice, uh, dating boot camp, uh, male, female. Look it up. There's so much wisdom in the male and female identities. Just knowing it is a blessing. So check it out. And I will link that in the show notes and I will be sure to link that on Instagram stories as well. Rabbi Friedman, thank you again so much. And to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time.